There are few places in the world more unyielding to life than the upper Himalayan mountains. Yet here I am, my body aching and sore, my goggles foggy in the early morning sun. I continue to trudge up the mountainside with the determination of a disciplined athlete on his final lap. There are four of us, three researchers along with our Tibetan guide, Tenzin, and nobody wants to show any signs of fatigue. Our egos are keeping the pace brisk. Well, that and a grueling research schedule that's already fallen several days behind due to the bad weather. The sky is clear now, but that doesn't mean within hours another snowstorm could begin and we'd be forced to escape back down the mountain to wait it out. How far? I finally ask, breaking the silence. Too much hiking for you, Tom? William responds in a mocking tone. Fuck you, I tell him. Yeah, it's too much hiking. Where is the station? One more mile! Tenson shouts back over his shoulder in broken English. I'm shocked at this revelation. Seriously? Just one more? He nods and I immediately pick up the pace, a newfound determination blossoming deep inside. I trudge past William, who scoffs. Don't wear yourself out, he shouts after me. We've still got to set up the lab when we get there. No way. I'm making hot chocolate and taking the rest of the day off, I tell him. A group crests over a final ridge and suddenly a lone research station comes into view, far off in the desolate white snow. The path to get there is tricky, a winding rocky trail that sits at a near vertical incline, but we push on and eventually find ourselves standing at the front entrance. The view from here is majestic, a once-in-a-lifetime moment that's impossible to not appreciate. Below us, a vast snow-covered valley stretches out as the cliffs behind extend up into the clouds out of our field of vision as they disappear into the sky. Halfway across the world and so far from home, my love for biology has carried me into an adventure that I'd never have dreamed of back in college as I hunkered over textbooks and essays. It was good to be out here on my own, making a name for myself in the world of science. Harriet, my colleague and friend, fumbles with the keypad on the metallic door of our workstation and punches in the code. A small light turns from red to green and the door rolls up, revealing a clean and empty entryway for us to remove our many layers of gear. The door closes behind us and we immediately get to work turning on the heat and settling in. Within two hours, I'm posted up in the mess hall, my feet kicked up on the table while I down a warm cup of hot chocolate and rum. Despite their mockery before, the rest of the crew quickly decided that I've got the right idea and joined me with mugs of their own. The lab setup can wait. We're lucky we made it, William says. I just poked my head outside and looks like the storm is back in a big way. Harriet nods in acceptance. How bad? Can we still get started tomorrow with samples? William laughs. You're not going to find any animals out with weather like that. The mound goats have all found caves. There's nothing to sample. I've got some rum. I've got a deck of cards here somewhere too. We can wait. Harriet takes a long sip and smiles at me from over the rim of her cup, and then hoists it high in the air. I can drink to that, not like we have anywhere else to be. I look over at Tenzin, who seems strangely worried and fidgety. Tenzin, I ask him. You've got somewhere to be? You seem nervous. He glanced over at me, thinking carefully about his words. The room suddenly goes silent, waiting for him to speak. My family. I'm thinking of them, he tells us. I shake my head in confusion. Aren't they down in the village? Yes, Tenzin tells me. I'm not frightened by the storm. 
He stands after he says this and then, without another word, leaves the mess hall and heads to his bunk. We all watch him go with stunned expressions plastered across our faces, then exchange glances with one another.